Hello, my fully shining women. Today, I want to get really real and authentic and share with you that I have been feeling tired. And I'm not talking about sleep tired or even news in the world tired. I can feel this underlying soul tiredness. And as I've been exploring why that is, I turned to a soul brother of mine, Peleg Top, and he is the first guy guest on this podcast other than our Jamie. And I am just super excited to share him because he has been on his own spiritual journey for many, many years, and he has led so many others in that path of creative high growth. He's an artist and a mentor a spiritual teacher, and the founder of the 100 Days of Creative High Growth Process. And he has been someone who has made a really deep impact on my life. He has touched my heart and soul and influenced the direction of my life and my work and even my marriage. And he and I have spent much time uplifting each other, sharing how our businesses can come even more deeply from our soul, how our work and service in the world can come through more clearly and authentically, and how we can each step into being spiritual teachers and leaders. And so today, as we speak to soul fatigue and burnout, so we want to explore why is this so prevalent right now and how we can catch up to how fast our souls are unfolding and what are some of those remedies and antidotes to this kind of fatigue? So I will not delay any further, and I will invite you to listen in to our powerful conversation. Hello, my wonder twin and soul brother and friend and mentor, and mm, I just love you so much. I'm so excited <laughs> you're here. And I just feel like you're someone who oozes divine love. Whenever I talk to you, I just get a big smile on my face. So I'm super excited not just to share that kind of underlining energy that you and I play with together, but also to share your deep wisdom and your own experiences and everything you bring with your expertise and working with others. So welcome to Fully Shining Women Leading Our World. Thank you. It's it's such an honor. You have no idea what an honor it is. First mm. of all, to be on this on this podcast with you, but also to be this the second dude <laughs> on the show. <laughs> and you know what? We wouldn't even have the name Fully Shining Women Leading Our World without you because you weren't oh. with me to do that. So I am eternally grateful and I appreciate all your support over the years. And Today, I want us to really dig in because I know both you and I do such big work in the world and we've had these times in our lives and even particularly right now where we're growing and evolving so quickly and our souls are having at it, they're moving. And yet we're looking for those ways to value and slow down for our human body, for integration time. And I know for myself, I have this sense of like at night I'm working, in my life I'm working, in the spirit world I'm working, with my clients and family, there's work to be done. And so there's this real dance going on between spirit and every day. So 
I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your experience with soul fatigue and burnout. And I know you've just walked through so many spiritual crises and you recently had a crash after teaching that last 100 days of creative high growth process. So let's let's have a little window into your world and into this topic. Yeah, yeah. Um, it feels very vulnerable to talk about this stuff, you know? I'm sure, yeah. And I just want to acknowledge, I know you're just recovering from COVID, so we're going to send yes. <laughs> your lungs and your body some extra healing energy. If you feel, hear a couple coughs here and there, we'll just keep loving you up. Yeah, yeah, I'm still uh, in the recovery process. Um, you know, I, this fatigue that we're talking about is, uh, I think, some something that everyone can relate to after the last couple of years of just mm-hmm. <laughs> existing in this world. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it feels that it's a conversation that we we should be in more often as far as looking at... Um, the the way that we show up to ourselves and to others mm-hmm. and this 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 fine balance that we really weren't trained to to do this fine balance of where our soul wants to go and where our ego wants us to go <laughs> <laughs> and reconciling those two yeah um and, and i think from being in a place you know, currently i mean i'm not only recovering from covid but i'm also recovering from a case of uh, compassion fatigue after an intense period of teaching and caring for uh, a group of people through their own um, passage through their own dark night of the soul. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it, it wasn't something that I was really prepared to, um, I think spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally, I didn't realize what it was going to require of me as I was stepping into this higher level of work that I do. Mm-hmm. And stepping out of the other side of it, it was a bit of a crash because as as you, I'm sure, we put we bring everything we all of us into the work, you know, yeah. uh, completely. Uh it's a it's it's a devote a, a devoted process that we say yes to to holding space to someone, to being with their energy, to guiding them. And I think it's really easy, for me anyway, I can speak for myself, it's so easy for me to forget how much that requires, yeah. how much how much energy it requires. And it's uh, it can be easy for us to get so wrapped up in the joy of the work, in the excitement of the... Uh, results that we see in the awakening moments that we witness that uh, we can easily neglect our own needs our own our own self mm. right yeah, and i don't i don't think a lot of coaches or spiritual teachers or healers talk about that that to support a group to support one-on-one clients to do your work in the world that you are holding space, you are moving energy, you are often going into the spirit world and still navigating your everyday life, yeah. and that we're still human and we're still navigating how do we take care of our own needs with everybody else's. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit more because I remember you texted me at some point in your 100 days saying, have you ever had you know, empathy, endurance, empathy, fatigue, compassion, fatigue? 
with your with your clients. And it was the first time I had heard that phrase used. So mm. I'd love for you to speak to that a little more and maybe dig into like how that showed up for you because I think you spoke to it just now in terms of you're so grateful to be doing the work it's your deepest love it's your deepest service and there's this other undercurrent that might be going on to really support people at the level that is being called for the term compassion fatigue is new to me too. Um, I I looked it up based on here's how I'm feeling as Google. <laughs> <Rabbi>. <laughs> what am I feeling today, Google? <laughs> yeah, Rabbi Google. I go to Rabbi Google. <laughs> so I, I mean, I basically I found myself in a place where I wasn't feeling motivated. I wasn't feeling. Um, that I really cared as much as I usually do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that really didn't sit well with me because I've made a commitment to the work. I made a commitment to my students. And because the the work has was so intense and so much of it, so much of it going on, um, my battery just, just became, started becoming depleted more and more, <clears throat> more, more than I have ever experienced before. Mm-hmm. I basically started asking the question, why, why am I not feeling motivated? Why, why is this beginning to, 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 to shift in a way that, that I believe will influence the, the performance that, that I want to bring into the work that I do? And uh, that's when I learned about compassion fatigue, that, that it's a very common thing in people of service, in therapy, nurses, uh, people who are in the care profession. And, um, it's it really spoke to me and it gave yeah. me a really big wake up call really big wake up call and it's i know i've been hearing that that those kind of variations of that phrase just about life in general because you're hearing about so many different issues going on whether it's covid or the supreme court or global warming or guns or whatever the topic is that a lot of people who are not doing the kind of soul work that you're talking, speaking to, they're feeling that. And then when you then say, hey, I'm stepping into really being of service as that kind of light worker, healer, carer, supporting others through this time, you're, you're really taking on a whole different level of responsibility and showing up. And, you know, I noticed this for myself is that th- th- it's so easy to fall into that idea of oh if i'm if i'm as the teacher leader doing if i'm doing my spiritual work and if this is something that brings me joy it's part of my soul purpose i should just have like endless access to source and endless access to creativity and inspiration and it should all just be flowing through me and yet every time i rise a level and i know you went from teaching you know cohorts of what 10 or so to like 30 which is a really big jump in the number of people you're serving that that my shadow comes up and those places where I'm not taking care of my needs or the places where um, I need to amp up my self-care or I need to do something differently to be of bigger service in the world. And every single time it surprises me. <laughs> like by now you should, I, I feel like I should know that. <laughs> like mm-hmm. when we grow, of course the shadow gets revealed. And so yeah. I'm, I'm curious um, if there was any like judgment or any surprise around the like here I am 
shining more fully, expanding my business, expanding my service in the world. And yet, ooh, like, why did this show up? Like, this doesn't make sense or this doesn't seem like it would show up when you're, you're on your path. Yeah. You talk about judgment. Uh, <laughs> I can relate to that. You know, as an Enneagram 3, and I'd like mm-hmm. to think I'm a healthy Enneagram 3, um, there, there's still a le- level of image consciousness that, uh, that, we, that our ego is busy uh, working on. And th- that was where the judgment came in for me. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I shouldn't feel this way. I shouldn't be tired. I, I should, I should, 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 should. Yeah. And that's when that inner voice started coming up, my, my own inner critic starting to criticize me for just feeling fatigued from the work. Uh, that was also the, the the next wake up call that well I I I can't I'm not really loving myself here. Mm-hmm. No, I I need to step back and take a look at at where I'm at right now. How do I course correct? You know what do I need to how do I need to care for myself? What do I need to say yes to or say no to right now to go through this part of the work? But then also I want to take a look at my life in the bigger picture and and look at how can I rebalance my life in a way that supports a healthy energy input and output, even mm-hmm. energy input and output, because mm-hmm. I, the other way it does is just not working. You know, I can't be on this high, extreme high, and then crash and be in this extreme low and need all this time to recover, you know, yeah. so... Uh, it's work in progress. I don't have the answer yet, right. but, but this is the experiment. The this is the awareness yeah. that now I have around, okay, to do this work in the world, um, there's an extra level of, of self-care that I need to take a look at that I haven't before. So I would love to hear how you how you did that more immediate correction because I know you and I know everyone in that program got amazing results and probably had no real clue that you were having this internal because you show up and you, you just deliver and you love people up so deeply. So I'm, I'm just curious, like how did you course correct in the short term? And then you also mentioned you're re-examining your life and looking at what bigger changes might you make. So give us some clues about what that looked like. In the the immediate uh, response to course correcting was um, really around rest, around saying um, saying no to social engagements, mm-hmm. um, really cocooning, really just taking care taking care of myself. That's um, big for an Enneagram three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I really retreated, and I even told some of my friends don't expect to see me until mm-hmm. uh, until this date i'm inside of this process i need time to care for myself um uh, a lot more time in nature mm-hmm. more time in nature uh whether it's taking a a walk or just lying on the grass or just star stargazing just being outside being mm-hmm. outside more was was uh important uh, and just being conscious about it. The awareness was the biggest part, just noticing. And because there are certain commitments that I made that I that I wanted to keep and I still needed to show up. So it was really about um, coaching myself through the process and 
caring for myself and loving myself through the process, increasing the self-love um, dial a little bit more, mm-hmm. uh, whether it, it, uh, it looks like better nutrition, it, it looks like body work, mm-hmm. just whatever would fill my soul up, I you know, increased the dial. And, and that got me through the process. Um, I Now that I've been through it, I know how to I have an idea of how to design my my life and my commitments uh, around doing this work, doing the course next time. So mm-hmm. um, it's it's all an experiment, you know. Right, we're constantly <laughs> we're learning. We're learning as we go. Yeah. You know, there's there's no manual for this work. In each each of us, each of us soul workers, we it, it takes. I think it takes time to dial it in. Yeah. To figure out, okay, what is the the most balanced uh, way of of doing this work and and being in the world and managing everything that uh, that uh, that needs to be attended to. Yeah, I once heard a friend of mine who's been on this podcast, Catherine Jess, say you should always give yourself a little more self care, a little more self love than you think you deserve, and I just know how challenging that can be for those of us who are who like to achieve and like to really show up for others that to keep turning up that dial and thinking like I already do a good job I already give myself a lot but oh right I'm serving in a bigger way gotta really turn that dial up and I've heard quite a few um quite a few of my clients or you know practitioner peers talk about how you know, for years they've been intending their dream that they want to run a retreat or they want to run a online course or they want to do whatever one-on-one work and it's happening. And they're like, wow, I'm not motivated or I'm not like doing backflips. And they feel really guilty about that and confused about that because here they are receiving what they've asked for. And yet their energy and their inner world is not really matching what's happening. So is there any any um, any insight you have to that piece of the process? Because I know how many years you've worked on getting yourself to this level and having like the really amazing program put together that once you've kind of arrived in a way and then to go, oh, wait, yeah. this isn't quite it. I think it's so individual for everyone. I, mm-hmm. I think we just need to be better listeners. Mm-hmm. We just need to be better listeners to the inner voice that may be saying, mm, slow down or mm-hmm. take a breath or mm, you sure you want to do that right now? Is this the right time? What's driving this? What, what need is being, mm-hmm. being triggered here that's just not healthy? You know, yeah. it's, it's about listening and you know all of us are artists all of us are creators we we create our work as we go and this is why it's i keep saying it's all an experiment just keep experimenting with what what ultimately works for you because there there is no manual there is no this is how you do this work in the world because each of us has such a unique way of healing of being with people of doing the work each of us needs different energy and each of us is is a whole universe <laughs> of mm-hmm. of molecules and and uh, tissues and it's it's really about just being conscious and being good listeners to 
know, that inner voice and and saying yes to it, even though it may sound, it may be feel scary to to say yes to something that intuition is asking me to to do or to not do. I'm, I'm learning to trust it more and more, mm-hmm. and, it, and when I do, it things always seem to be working out. Yeah, and so I'm curious if going into the hundred days when it started, what were there? Do you feel like there was parts of that voice saying to you, do it differently or slow down or any of those things that you overlooked or was it? Probably. Like, yeah. I, I think there was too much noise uh-huh. going on that I just, uh, you know, didn't hear it. And I think I was so driven by my ambition that, um, yeah, I just wasn't listening. I just didn't hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Until, until I started feeling the fatigue and I started slowing down a bit that mm-hmm. I could all of a sudden yeah, hear that hear that voice go, oh, yeah, I think whoever did it there. <laughs> yeah. You know. I'm, I'm watching that in the clients in my Healer's Path program is I feel like, especially as healers, sometimes it's such a huge risk for us to really show up in this very unique and not usually socially acceptable or family acceptable ways that we like amp up the ambition to be like, oh, if I'm going to be a healer, I better be the biggest, greatest healer on Oprah book deals, whatever your version of that looks like. And that makes it worth the risk. And as you start going down that path and really listening to the voice for you to truly connect with spirit, my experiences, at least at the beginning, I have to slow down and get quieter to attune to that language. And it, that's that's hard in today's world and that's hard if you have a busy practice and so it's this contrast between you know my ambition or my true love of service or my true soul's desire to express in the world is saying go be out there and yet when you listen in it might be saying not right timing not as many people not as fast you know build build it up incrementally and organically not virally or in a big explosion And I've watched that for myself of like, okay, for me to really show up in the biggest way possible and not go into that wobble of it feels overwhelming or too much is going on, I have to keep doing more and more of the slowing down and tuning in and listening. And that's quite a dance for all of us to to do because I know for myself when I was working kind of more traditionally and in that go, 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 keep expanding, keep making more income mentality I I had to override that voice and I had to be in that place of will all the time and as I've been letting go of that more and more it's delightful because it more magic happens or more synchronicities or more you can't explain it it's not strategic and then at the same time you know there's a part of me that you referenced as like ego that's going wait a minute (laughs) this doesn't make sense or this isn't the way it's supposed to happen or the fear comes up of I'm missing out or I'm not doing it well enough or fast enough. Yeah, I think it's it's worth looking at what is it that's driving us. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned earlier, yeah, yeah. Am, am I am I being driven by the external rewards, the book deal, the the Oprah show, the whatever it is that I'm money, that, uh, money, exactly. Mm-hmm. Is, is that driving me and and um, it, there's an element of that, of course. I think it exists in, in in many of us. Those external rewards are blessed. You know, they're wonderful. They they help take our work into the world. And that's the thing that I that I 
always have to remind myself to go back to it's about the work. Mm-hmm. It's ultimately about about soul driving the way, yeah. and and soul being um, engaged and mm-hmm. satisfied. That ultimately energizes us, yeah, and keeps us going and keeps us on track. So this nav- it's a constant navigation, constant calibration. Of of falling asleep and waking up and falling asleep and waking up and and the more we do this the the uh, the longer the wake up periods become and mm-hmm. I, I kind of want to believe that yeah I feel like something just shifted in me when you said that because I know for myself I feel like my my work in the world is often the way that I personally inside of myself am doing my work my personal work. But when you said that, I was like, oh, right. It's also about the joy or the the satisfaction or the pleasure of doing my work. And yeah. I know uh, my work, my inner work tends to be deep and never ending, it feels like, and profound. And sometimes that's tiring in and of itself. Yeah, but to, right. to see that I, I've seen times in myself when... I get tied up in the how many clients or how much money or how much, you know, perceived success is happening. And I have that underlying knowing that ultimately it is about my own growth and evolution. But also the way I heard you say that, it was like, oh, right. It's also about the joy of the soul work and the, and the doing the soul work that just lights you up, period. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's that's why that's why we that's why we're in this right at mm-hmm. the end of the day, you know. And I'm learning more and more that uh, to 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 approach the work uh, as a very sacred experience, right? And to hold it in this very sacred space, and to not allow my external life, my personal life, things that are happening. Um, that I'm needing to deal with on a day-to-day basis, enter into that space with me. Mm-hmm. And that space has to be fairly contained. You know, it, it can't be too big because that's when it becomes overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's, it's about that process of learning, okay, what, what is the optimum scenario for me to create, to really do my best work in the world, to not uh, uh, experience the the fatigue, and to uh, to show up to the work and to my life in in a joyous and very balanced way. Hmm. So that 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 question is the question that I'm in and that I'm exploring, and this is part of this experiment. Yeah, <laughs> I just had this beautiful image of you um, trying on a coat that fit you perfectly. And instead of it being like what your mind thinks, like, oh, I need to reach 100,000 people mm-hmm. or pick your mm-hmm. number, that you were like, hmm, you know what? What's like so satisfying to me? It fits just right. It's comfortable. I'm doing right. my work, but I'm also taking right. care of myself. And you're constantly yeah. playing with what that looks like. It's about paying attention to who am I satisfying by every choice that I make? Mm-hmm. Am I satisfying my ego? Am I satisfying soul? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. to, it's to look at that, to yeah. to to have a pause and to just reflect. And the more I, the more I do that, um, I'm able to course correct along the way. Yeah. 
versus not even listen and then crash. Yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about this rhythm you're speaking to, because I know you've had different conceptions of how you would design your life and your business, whether you're saying, hey, I'd like to take certain seasons off, or I'd like to do a big intense time taking a cohort through a program that has a beginning and end date and other people, you know, do programs that are open all the time. Why, why was it so revolutionary for you to do a sabbatical? And then you're now also doing this kind of hiatus from teaching. Why, why was that so revolutionary for you? And then I also have been hearing you talk about, you know, maybe you don't want it to be that extreme of on and off and you're looking for that blend. So Maybe walk us through this process you've taken you, you've taken yourself through of really giving yourself big long breaks and then also exploring what is the right cadence for you. Yeah, um, the sabbaticals that I've ta- that I've taken uh, and they were as little as three. I've taken three month, a six month, and a two year sabbatical in mm-hmm. the last. I don't know, six years. I want to just like bow down to you <laughs> for doing that because I'm like, ooh, just to even go away for, I don't know, four or five days as a mama with kids is like huge. So I'm like, oh, I just love that you do that. It wasn't easy. You I know, know it's, especially it's, with your like achiever producer. Yeah, it it wasn't energy. easy, but yeah. it was essential. I, I needed to learn simply how to be mm-hmm. because I was such a refined doing machine human doing machine Mm -hmm. um the the time off was uh uh, incredibly informative and it uh it helped me redesign my life in a way that isn't always go 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 like it used to be before then um the the two years that i took off uh were a travel sabbatical and i I look at them more as a a healing period i was healing from i was grieving and <clears throat> needed to be out in the world to kind of figure out who I am and what's next for me. Um, what I since then, the extended period of time off that I've taken um, have haven't been that uh, hasn't been that satisfying because what I'm learning about me and about my my personality is and it's something that I'm learning to embrace about my personality because what I thought the ideal life would be is uh, work, 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 and push yourself and then take a long time off and just rest. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. I like having time off, but extended time off is when I begin to crash, is when I begin to feel like I have no value in the world. I'm not doing anything. So I've learned that um, I like to be busy, and it's it's okay to be busy, mm-hmm. and at the same time, be mindful as far as what I choose to be busy with, what part of my life is it satisfying, the busy, the, the busy part of it, the engaged part of it, and... Um, and simply be more balanced about it, be more conscious about it. So that's that's currently what I'm looking at is, okay, maybe maybe not take such extended times off and and then get into this depressed space because I'm not doing anything, but maybe create other things in my life that keep me engaged in a way that still um, makes me feel valuable in the world mm-hmm. and satisfies that that the ego's needs to be valuable in the world it's a good need 
Right? Yeah. And it's something that I do want to satisfy. You yeah. know, your ego is not, a, not, a, not, a, not an evil thing. <laughs> True. You know, there's a lot of really great things about having an ego. Yeah. It's when we are unconscious and when the ego just completely takes over. When it's driving the show. It's yeah. driving the show. Exactly. Yeah. So, again, it's about satisfying both both soul and ego in a balanced way. And that's that's what creating my life this this part of creating my life is 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 about right now. Yeah. Well, I want to I want to like honor and acknowledge you for because I know you have worked incredibly hard many times in your life to get to the position where you could take off 6 months sabbatical and I know for myself just witnessing you do that is like, oh wow, that's even an option that you could design your life and business that way if you want. And you get to explore to see like, does that even work for me? And maybe it's not as great as it sounds. And how can then, you know, I I know my, my little version of this is a a lot of times in my life, I'd be like, Oh, if I can just like run away for a week or two and I can come back refreshed. And after a while, I'm like, you know what? That doesn't work. I I can't, I can't just depend on taking these weekends or weeks away from my everyday life to come back refreshed. Like I have to find a way that I can sustain that every day. How can I wake up refreshed every day? How can I look at the level of soul tiredness or the level of work I'm doing and keep making these adjustments we're talking about? And it's actually much more, I feel much healthier, more satisfied when I'm in that place of the the daily maintenance, the daily overtime. And then, yes, it's such a delight and so needed to take time off as well. So I love that you're exploring exploring that balance and exploring like how to really make it work for you. So I also want to explore a little bit with you because you obviously teach about creativity and art and I'm, you're in this process of teaching it and doing it. And I'm wondering, like, do you feel like creativity and art is an antidote to soul tiredness, soul fatigue, empathy, fatigue, um, like how does that play out? Because obviously you, you were particularly doing, t- like I was watching you post every day on Instagram, a new piece of art and that in itself can be fatiguing, but I'm just kind of curious how you, how you view art and creativity as part of this whole, whole ecosystem. Well, I, I believe that art is medicine. Art is life. Um, engaging in creating art when we come from a clean space, we're not judging ourselves, we don't have expectations of what the art needs to look like, um, our inner critic is pretty pretty quiet, we, we engage with art as a healing process, yes, it, it, it is medicine and it, and it can help. And it was absolutely one of the practices that uh, uh, kept me going is doing the art every day because it gave it slowed me down enough to be able to just focus on just one thing for at least 30 or 45 minutes my art is very meditative so it's uh it it supports the space that i want to be in when i'm creating art so um yeah uh, art again it's uh it's really a lot of what the, the work that I do about about is art. Mm-hmm. It's ultimately helping people discover their inner soul artist because we each each of us has one, but there's so many layers of judgment and criticism that we carry 
around so many areas of ourselves that uh, making art is is oftentimes not even something that seems like an option uh, as as a healing tool. Mm-hmm. But I see it happen over and over again. I mean, this is, I think, one of the reasons that the the 100 days of this course of, of doing this deep inner work and creating art every single day is a big part of the heart opening that, that happens. It's a big, it's a big part of uh, art can really teach us to love ourselves if we say yes to it. Mm. It's an absolutely a self, uh, self-love practice because in front of the blank page, in front of the blank canvas, you will meet your dragons. Mm. You know? And um, that is the best place to, to, uh, to battle those dragons is by engaging in the art and overcoming them and discovering the essence of what wants to be expressed. And that is a magnificent thing to witness. And it's actually a marvelous thing to experience that we have this tool that we can access anytime, anywhere, if we wanted to. And, and help, help us heal and navigate through our days on a regular basis. It's it's part of the part of a, art becomes a ritual, a daily ritual, and when we can see when we can we can take a look at art, making art, expressing ourselves, just for the sake of expression. It's not for the sake of you know having a gallery show or publishing your work or whatever. It's just for the sake of moving that energy out of our body, mm. you know, moving it out, putting making something with it, and clear whatever needs to be cleared in in, in that space. It's an incredibly powerful experience. Yeah. So, so I know there are quite a few women in our fully shining world community who do art and yet, or they're interested in doing art, but they don't consider themselves artists. And there's this real um, struggle where they don't feel quite comfortable claiming that title or not doing it professionally. And yet there's a big desire from their soul to be expressing in this way. So I am curious if you have any suggestions around that inner tension and just how you start to move through loving yourself enough or accepting yourself enough to allow yeah. the pen to come on paper or the paint to yeah. touch the canvas or whatever way you decide to express yourself. I think we have to start with language, the, the idea of being an artist like there's a definition that each of us carries of what it means to be an artist. Mm. And um, I would first take a look at that. Like mm. how are you defining being an artist? Right. And if you're defining an artist by um, activities or things that you would need to be doing to be considered artist, or such as selling my paintings or getting published or being recognized or whatever, whatever it is, then you've, you've kind of failed already. There's, there's, mm-hmm. you'll never you've be set an artist. yourself up to fail here you've, already. Exactly. You've set yourself up to fail. Thank you. Mm-hmm. What is an artist? How do you define an artist? What is being an artist to you? I always look at being an artist from that perspective of you're being an artist of your soul. And so it's how, how is your soul asking to be expressed? And that could be drawing or painting more traditionally creative endeavors, or it might be in the way you speak to your child or have an interaction with your lover. 
And so to, to me, your, your energy, your presence, your, the words you speak, like that's all yeah. part of your artist yeah. being an yeah. artist. Yeah. It's it, you've said it perfectly. Uh, an artist uh, is a way of being. Mm-hmm. It, and being an artist it is, is not measured by um, by the result by the mm-hmm. outcome if it's, like if the it, whether it's a the mm-hmm. product whether it's a painting or or a poem or, or a book or whatever right yeah. being an artist is a way of approaching the world being an artist is another way of saying being a creator mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so how do I want to create my life? How do I want to create something that might come through on the page or in right. a dance or in a right. sculpture or whatever right. medium? And it's also say. about paying attention to what is what is the inner voice, the judger, the inner judger, that that inner critic. Where where is she involved? Mm-hmm. How much am I giving her mm. uh, room to speak? Yeah. How much am I believing that voice? And um, generally what I see happen with many of my students is that they walk through life only listening to the voice of the inner critic. Mm. They're operating from the voice of the inner critic. And one of the big things that we, we do in our process is introduce them to their voice of their higher self. Mm. So they can begin to have conversations with that part of themselves. It's oftentimes a part of ourselves that we have no connection to. Yeah. But we have a very strong connection to our inner critic. It's right pretty much runs runs much of our lives if 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 we're asleep to it right if we're, if we're asleep to our higher self so you're like turning up the dial on the right. inner the higher exactly. self voice and you're asking that inner critic to yeah we learn to tame it to tame mm-hmm. that voice we need an inner critic we 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 it keeps us safe to a degree mm-hmm. right? keeps us uh, in check to a degree <clears throat> But when it's running the show, that's that's when we're in trouble. Yeah. That's when we begin to to live our lives according to uh, beliefs that we've developed. Like I am not an artist, so because I'm not an artist, I'm not even going to give myself permission to fill in the blank, right? So um, I want to say this right now on tape that every single one of us is an artist. I am an artist. You an artist. You who are listening at home is an artist you we are all artists it's the way that we show up to life mm-hmm. and where do we where do we channel that artistic energy into what is it that we want to create and your best art may not be a painting but mm-hmm. it may be a beautiful cheesecake that you just created right, or cooking, you know yeah. a cooking or flower arranging mm-hmm. or landscaping or whatever or art speaking in front of an audience or yeah, fixing exactly. a car or anything Exactly. You're to do. So what, um, I know you mentioned to me that you've been doing an inner critic cleansing ritual. So yeah. I'm curious if you'd be open to sharing a little bit of what that is and how that ties into helping to lessen this kind of soul fatigue. Yeah, I, I find that, uh, that my inner critic as much as I have worked on uh, taming that voice, um, I, you know, it's, it still creeps up once in a while. And without me even noticing, all of a sudden, um, he's running part of the show. And um, this was an idea that, I, that I've been playing with as far as 
how can I how can I keep myself in check? How can I realign with my heart? How can I realign with love? And it's it's very similar to you know a, a physical de- detox. Mm-hmm. I you know we go through life and we try to be as good as we can as far as the nutrition that we that we consume and uh, and yet we once in a while you know we'll cheat a little bit and we'll do this and we'll do that and over time all of a sudden we feel oh, I'm a little off I, I feel like I need to cleanse I feel like I need to get back into alignment um, that's kind of like the same thing I think with with our thinking mm-hmm. <laughs> with our with our uh, uh, own process of, of loving ourselves and being aligned with our heart and being aligned with our soul. So um, I've pretty much looked for what is a negative belief that is present right now that as a result, it's causing me anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's causing me to feel like I'm not aligned. I'm I'm not at my best. I'm I'm you know, fatigue kicks in, depression kicks in. Like, okay, there's something behind that. It's it all starts from my beliefs. It all goes back there. So um I'll identify the belief and uh for example it could be uh the belief of uh I'm not good enough. That's simple, simple belief. If it's present anywhere, I want to detox it out. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, the ritual is ultimately, it, it evolves around asking myself questions, really real questions around that specific belief. So for example, if I'm, if I'm working with I'm not good enough, the first thing that I want to ask myself is how much of this belief has directed my life so far? Where has it showed up? Can I run the movie of my life and see where, when did I am not good enough show up? Yep. And journal about it. Write it down. There's, there's, there's a lot of power in uh, writing, doing, uh, writing this work. Um, how much, I can ask myself, how much time and energy have I spent or money have I spent to prove that I'm good enough? I'll reflect on that and I'll journal that. I'll ask myself, how many boundaries have I crossed mm. with myself and others to to be good enough? Yeah. Like when or have I showed no boundaries to begin with? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um and then I ask myself, how would I prefer to show up? Hmm. Like, how would I? How would I would have liked to show up to this particular experience? How would I like to show up to whatever is going on right now that I'm not good enough is is uh, is really present in? And I'll reflect on that as well. Yeah. And then I'll want to turn that belief around. And the. the belief that I would like to have present that may be a completely new belief that I haven't even thought about until now because I am good enough, we're so strong. But when I come up with that belief, and for this example, I'm the I'm not good enough exercise, the belief that that uh, is the turnaround 
is I am God energy. Hmm. Ooh, that already feels lighter. I know, I can feel that because I know... I, I, you I know, am God I, energy. I assumed you were going to say, I am enough, which of course your mind can start arguing that. Right. But the minute you say, I am God energy, I'm like... Yes, I cannot argue with that. It, it's almost like like the, the 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 laser destroyer to I'm not good mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. I am God energy. Like what other statements can I think about? Can I journal about to support that statement? Mm-hmm. For example, um, I am God energy. I am driven by my truth. I am God energy. I am a chosen messenger. I am God energy. I am a creative force. I am God energy. I am devoted to love. Those all ring and resonate. They ring true. And if I can begin to practice these as mantra and begin to practice, I am God energy. I am God energy. Right? Like repeat it, repeat, 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 repeat every day. I'll work on it for until it just becomes present. Uh, The belief becomes, yeah, I walk through the world as God energy. And And you're making choices to support that. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. What it does, this exercise, it it brings a choice into the picture because sometimes the I'm not good enough, it feels like I don't have any other choice because I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. I'm not good enough or whatever statement our inner critic decides to um, uh, live in. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, it doesn't feel like we have another choice. So slowing down enough to identifying that one belief, to work with it, to to embrace that belief, to know that you know at some point maybe I wasn't good enough for that moment, for that particular time, but I've made it my truth, and it's not my truth, not anymore. What is my truth? I have to dig deep and I have to find my truth. And have to put language into it because yeah. language creates. So that's that's kind of like the detox yeah, <laughs> ritual beautiful. that I'm working with. Yeah. So it feels like you just created you created a possibility opener with that turnaround. Yeah. And what I what I could feel just as you were saying that is within me, I'm like, oh, part of this like soul tiredness and showing up in the world in a bigger way. When I revert back into that just quiet space of I am God energy, I'm like, oh, yeah, that that lessens that fatigue because as God energy, there's nothing I necessarily need to do or be any different than I am. So that's yeah. that's really beautiful. So there isn't good, that. good or bad when it comes to energy. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever, whenever, whenever we use the words good or bad, remember, they're judgments. Mm-hmm. Nothing is good or bad. It's it's. It's just a matter of the, the perspective that we that we bring into it. Yeah. And this is why the turnaround question, the turnaround statements, um, we need to be really careful that they don't have judgment words in them mm-hmm. as yeah. well. Because I could have said, I am good. Well, that is still a judgment. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you for that turnaround. And thank you for being God energy for being that artist of the soul and for doing your deep work and your deep service in the world, being a messenger. And I would love for you to, 
just take a moment and share whatever you're excited about beyond our momentary soul, soul tiredness and your body healing. I'd love to hear what's, what are you excited about? What do you want? What do you want people to know about your good work? (laughs) Um, What I'm really excited about today in particular is um, I get to, uh, to, play dj tomorrow for the first time <laughs> i'm gonna for your dance faci- yeah facilitate a dance here in santa fe in oh i wish i was there closer uh, i wish you were there too but it's been a dream of mine since i was a kid to to, to dj and yeah. um i received an opportunity to finally show up how and, exciting and, and create that space uh, so i'm really super super excited about it it's a whole new territory for me. It's terrifying as well, by the way. I mean, my inner critic is out of control. But <laughs> I've, I've, I've noticed him, and he's in check, and we're moving forward. Yeah. Give him a couple of ritual <laughs> cleansing baths along with your journaling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but I'm also, also excited about just where this work is going and the, the impact that it has, the ripple effects that it has. It, uh, it is an extreme joy to to be a doula to artists mm-hmm. you know to to help people birth that that part of themselves that have been, has been waiting waiting and and we know what it's like you know we walk around there's this part of us that that wants to come out but we're we're just too afraid to step into it and it's just extreme joy to be able to facilitate that and so mm-hmm. I, I look forward to that every time i get the opportunity to to, to be in that space. Yeah. So, well, if there's yeah. anyone listening who is exploring your creativity and exploring letting your inner artist come out, I cannot imagine anyone who you would be in better hands with than Peleg. And I know we'll, we'll drop in the show notes links to how to get in touch with you and how to get in touch with your 100-day high-growth process. So I just want to thank you for all your wisdom and just who you are and how you walk through the world and your willing to be your willingness to be vulnerable and authentic in this leadership position. So thank you for that. And we are going to take a break and come back and listen to uh, an intentional nudge. So we are back for our intentional nudge and like I'm really curious if you're feeling in that soul fatigue place, if you're feeling that empathy burnout, if you're just maybe your mood is a little off and you just need that way to amplify your energy again and feel like, yes, I can keep showing up for myself and my work. What would be your suggestion for a simple action that we could all take this week? Well, this is something that I do uh, every week when I enter my Shabbat rest. Um, and it's a wonderful way to actually reflect on the week, sometimes the month, sometimes longer than that. But I call it a yay me list. And it's an opportunity for me to sit down and reflect on the things that I've done that I want to celebrate, that I, that I want to cheer myself for. Hmm. So the exercise is simply to open up your journal book and start uh, completing the sentence, yay me for... And fill in the blank for whatever comes up. Uh, yay me for working out three times this week. Yay me for um, playing the piano. Yay me for uh, helping mom 
with her appointment. Hey, yay me, you know, because we, yeah. we do so much <laughs> and we get very little acknowledgements for right. the things that, that we do. It's an incredibly uplifting um, uh, exercise. And um, it kind of also helps me see that, my God, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot, but I'm also doing a lot of good right? A lot of good in the world. So it's also a chance for me to forgive myself for anything that that may need immediate forgiveness that I've done. Yay me for for uh, uh, resolving a conflict with, with a friend and at that same time, and I forgive myself for showing up the way that I did. Mm-hmm. So it helps me be more present and mm-hmm. more celebratory, brings more joy and awareness to to what I'm doing. You know, how, how I'm living my life, how I'm showing up, the actions that I'm taking. Yeah. You know? I, I'm imagining, too, it's like such a great antidote to the not enoughness because oh, yeah. I know I'm I'm a list maker. So sometimes at the end of the day, I'll look at the things I didn't get done as opposed to the things that did get done. And I'll especially forget all the things that don't even make it on my list. Like I took the time to help Taya brush her hair when, you know, I had five other things going on, but she really wanted my attention or I took the time to you know, have that extra five minutes of cuddle time with Jamie. So I love that to really look at the fullness of your life, like maybe look at what you aren't celebrating or what you don't realize or something that goes by in a flash, like, oh, yay me, I chose to eat the maple syrup honey version instead of the sugar version of a treat, which will help yeah. gut healing diet kind of thing. Yeah. So I, happens, I'm going to try that. What happens when we, pra- when we really bring this exercise into a practice, a weekly practice when we're mm-hmm. – um, I find myself that I actually am looking forward to the yay me list. It's a, mm. it's, it's a wonderful way for me to actually close the week, take a rest, and, and begin again. Uh, but what also happens, I think it's a, it's a side effect, is that during the week, I will begin to recognize yay me moments. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this is going to go on the yay me list. <laughs> right? A little pre, pre-pad on the back. Yeah, I love yeah. It. so it, it, it helps um, just bring joy into the present moment when yeah. the things are actually happening. It's like, wow, yay me for, for doing that. Cool. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I feel like we all need more of the celebratory energy in our lives yeah. and more of the recognizing ourselves in positive ways. So what a beautiful way to do that. So well, thank you, you so much. If you can't love yourself... How can you love anybody else, right? Yeah. So true. So true. Yeah. Well, thank, well, thank, thank you, Megan. You. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Right. That's better. <laughs> we're, we're, we're in <laughs> our we're in our like oh we love each other I so know. much we don't want it to end but. <laughs> well, I just want to say thank you for this beautiful conversation and and for the the force that you that runs through you the expansive soul that you bring to everything that you do, the level of presence and awareness that you uh, uh, that you practice and that you model. I'm in awe of what you're doing in the world and the, the, the healing and the work that uh, is just so, so important. I'm so grateful that you exist. Mm. So, thank you. Thank you. I receive those words <laughs> gratefully. And you know, I love you so much. I'm so impressed with everything you're doing as well. And I just, I just send my, my prayers and our intent that whoever needs to hear these words, this message, receive them. So if you're listening to this and we've touched you in some way, please, please pass it on. Please spread the love around. See you next time. 
Now, this is the part where I tell you how we can stay connected. I would love it if you would rate, review, and follow this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to your podcast. We're gathering over on Fully Shining Women Leading Our World on Mighty Networks, which is at fsw.care. You can follow me on Instagram at Megan Gilroy. And if you're interested in having a conversation about working with me privately or whether the Fully Shining Women Wisdom School is a good fit for you, you can go to megangilroy.com to book a clarity call. Now, all this is in the show notes for you. And this has been edited and produced by Gilroy Productions. To hire us for your podcast, you can go to bit.ly slash Gilroy Pro. Thanks, Bodie. I love you.